Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you are about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. I am ministering the word I'm calling not many fathers. Not many fathers. The first scripture I want to start with this morning is out of 1 Corinthians 4.15. A father is so important today. And I want to encourage every man. Even if today you have no children, it doesn't mean that you cannot be someone speaking into somebody's life by being an example, by being a teacher, by being a man who is faithful and committed to the things of God, being bold and being strong. It's not wrong to be strong, men. It's not wrong to stand and be a man who who has character, strong character. It's not right to abuse anyone. It's not right to use it wrongly. But it is right to stand strong in the midst of adversity. It's right to stand your ground in the spirit uh, when the world is encroaching in on your family, when you see it encroaching in on your church members, when you hear gossip and other things that are ungodly and worldly going on, when you hear fear and not faith, when you hear doubt and unbelief, when you hear things that are uh, unpleasing in that manner, listen, no, no, it's good to stay strong in the spirit. Don't be moved by the winds that come. But to be an example and to help others, impart into others, bring in encouragement, bring in courage, bring in strength, bring in the word, setting an example of faith and of love and of hope for others. Look at 1 Corinthians 4.15. The Bible says, for though you have countless guys, for though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, guardians in Christ, some translations say, you do not have many fathers. Every one of them repeat that same understanding of interpretation, but you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, Paul speaking to the church, he says, I became your father through the gospel. And it's so important to note today, there's a lot of teachers, thank God for a lot of teachers, but not everyone is that father to you to help you, to have accountability, uh, to disciple, to discipline, to correct. Now, that takes also learning sonship or daughtership as well. It's opening your life. It's being accountable. It's areas of, uh, that has to work on both sides. Nobody can be a father to somebody who already thinks they know it all. Nobody can be a father to somebody who only wants it when they want it and rebel the rest of the time. Nobody can be a father to somebody who just kind of shows up, walks out, and never allows an open door of instruction, an open door uh, of correction, an open door of direction, an open door of accountability. And Paul the apostle, being the apostle of the church and the senior minister of the church there in Corinth, he said that God, he said, through Christ Jesus, I became your father, through the gospel, through the word of God, through the preaching of the word of God. You know, you see Adam, the Bible says, speaking of Adam, when God created Adam, there was something that he told him to do. And I believe that's so important today that as we go into the word of God this morning, we begin to see the pattern that God has set for a father because there's not many fathers in the body of Christ. And some people today, maybe even in life, you didn't have a good father who left you void of understanding how to have a relationship with a wife. 
how to be a man, how to do different things, uh, just being that example of a godly man of God following after Christ with his whole heart. Maybe you have a lot of voids and you're wondering, how can I get these voids filled? Well, glory to God. That's why it's so important to be in the Word of God, in the house of God. That's why it's so important uh, today uh, that we learn sonship. We learn how also to impart in a season of time, how to help develop people at the level that we have. Always pointing people in the right direction. So important. The Bible says, speaking here, that we have many instructors, many guides in Christ, but you do not have many fathers. That's something that the Spirit of God has been speaking to me about for many, many years. Even before I came to Australia, one of the unique prophecies and Word and revelation and understanding that God gave to me personally. He said, I've called you a father to the nations. And I tell you today, I believe that means, that it could not just mean geographic. It could mean ethnic as well. And I believe today that we need to be people of the word of God, of the spirit of God, who will walk and lead in the right way, strengthening one another Loving one another. You know, the first attribute of a father, I believe, he's called to be a protector. Now, I'm talking about fathers in the home. I'm a father today in my home. I'm talking about fathers in the body of Christ today. You know, some people want to be mentors. But we need to have the heart of a father. We need to be, to have that, you have to be a son. And that's important. Because then you can help train others to be a son and then also one day maybe a father. Because it's not about drawing people to ourselves. It's about drawing them and pressing them, pushing them towards God more and more in his word and his ways, his kingdom. But you know, when you're home today as fathers, you know, there were some things my dad taught me and, and I saw him by example. He was a really good father. He had his faults as well, which I'll never and wouldn't expose, even though they were few. Understanding this, I find there's voids. I've had to learn and overcome in the Word of God, the Spirit of God, my spiritual father in my church helped me understand and to know because I gave him the right to do so and opened my heart still today. Allowing the word of God to come in and, and the correction, the instruction. Always following the word of God, though. Keeping that in the light of, of, of everything, the best of my ability. But always honoring. The Bible says you honor your mother and your father. Even in your home, children, teenagers today, the Bible says to honor your mother and father. That means you take their word over your own. Even when you don't think they're right, you still honor them. You don't talk back. You don't rebel. You don't get all murmuring and complaining and getting all uh, messed up like that. No, the children of Israel died in the wilderness because of that. Because they rebelled, the Bible says, against Moses, who was a father in all of his house. To them that God had called them for. And God had gave him, gave to them. And the Bible says that as children today in our homes... With our parents, our mother and father, we should honor them and respect them. Humbling ourselves. A person who is, will not humble themselves 
will have many, many troubles coming into their life. First thing would be a protector. You know, God told Adam to keep the garden. Abraham, the Bible says, he trained his children. The Bible says of Moses, he was faithful in all of his house. And it's Christ. The Bible says in John 17 in his prayer, 4 through 12, he said, I have kept them in whom you have given to me except the one who was a son of perdition because he didn't know how to relate to Jesus properly. He didn't know how to relate to him. He says, I've kept them. They are yours, but I've kept them as a steward, as a father. And the Bible says that through him, I want you to think about this, they didn't realize what they had until he was gone. Almost without fail, fathers, most people do not know your worth till you've been taken away. You know, Elijah had a young man who called him Father, my Father, and that man was named Elisha. Elisha followed after Elijah. He was known, and his responsibility was to pour hand, pour water upon his hands, upon his feet, to carry his cloak, just to walk, and, and he was learning the whole time. He was with him. He was listening. He was attentive. He didn't care what everybody else thought about him. There were 50 sons of the prophets that stood on the other side of the river and kept watching him cross, and they would never cross with him. But Elisha was right with him. And the whole time they said, why are you following that old man? Why are you doing it that way? Come with us. And he said, no, I will not. I will follow him. And the Bible says when he was taken away, the mantle fell. And Elisha picked that mantle up. And now he was without that father in his life. Now he became that father. And he began to smite the waters as Elijah did, using the mantle, that which was given to him, that which came on him, that which came after Elijah upon him. And the Bible says that that anointing, that mantle, begin to part the waters just as Elijah did. And they said of him, I can see the spirit of Elijah upon you. See, it wasn't in the mantle. It was in the spirit. You have to understand it happens in the spirit. But Elisha made that happen. I'll tell you, every son today, whether it's spiritual or you are a natural son and you have a father today and you're watching this, you honor your father. No matter what you think about him, no matter how old he might be, you give honor to him. You give place to him. You respect that. I, I learned something many years ago that when you honor, what you honor will draw to you. What you dishonor will draw away from you. And that doesn't mean it honor goes in the way we think it ought to be according to how other boys treat other, other fathers. No, we're not trying to be like the boys. We're trying to be sons. Because a son has a greater understanding, a greater access of information to the father. How do you even know that the Bible calls us sons and daughters of God today, that we have access into our heavenly father together? And I tell you, today is so important. But Paul even said, and I believe today for dads, a good father is a person who's a protector of his home. And 
the Bible says that there's not many fathers. You know, a good father protects you. Protect you from the winds of things going on. And the body of Christ will protect you from the winds of doctrines and other things that's going on. Of the adversary that tries to blow winds of ideas and of untruths and, and deception. Through the body of Christ. A father at home is going to protect and stand in front of their family and protect them from the winds of the things of this world and from the fears and the cares of this life and point them towards the things of God, point them towards the things of the kingdom of God, point them towards the things of the ways of God. You know, something I learned with my father, as I begin to get older and I begin to have to feel those winds myself, whether it was my spiritual father or my natural father, when I begin to get more involved in ministry, when I begin to get more involved in life, I begin to have to face some of those winds myself. And then I begin to go, wow, that's what he was dealing with the whole time. I didn't realize that. I didn't know that. Why? Because he was standing in front of you. That's why you didn't know it. Because he was protecting you. But you didn't hear him come home and complain and murmur and say, oh, oh, woe is me, how hard it is and how bad life is. No, he was protecting the family. He was being a man. That's why moms and dads don't always kiss all of the cares away of your children, so to speak. Sometimes the boy's going to have to face some things so he can make a stand. You're going to have to train him and develop him in the way he needs to go so he can be a good father, not always having to come home to mommy uh, to get a kiss and get her to carry all the cares away. Because you're going to have to train him to be a man, train him to be a father, train him to be a man in this world today. Impart wisdom, impart knowledge, father. Impart understanding, mama. Understand these things today. You know, one of the things that's so important is that we raise up our children. We train our children like Abraham did. You know, people often will not treat you, Father, with the value you deserve. But that doesn't mean that you give in to the temptation of, oh, woe is me. No, you continually build yourself strong because God made you strong. God made a man strong for that way. The second thing a man is is a provider. He's a giver. He's a contributor. He provides wisdom, not just money. He's not just buying stuff for his family. No, he's providing much more than that. But he does provide resources. He provides leadership. And you know what? Listen today. You might be married today. There might be a wife out there today that says, well, I make more money than my husband and all of that. You need to be very wise. Don't get that kind of thinking of this world in your mind. You reverence your husband for what he provides. If he's a provider and a giver, no matter what level he's providing at, you might even make more money than he does. You might have a higher kind of education than he does. But do never demean the understanding, the authority, and the provision that God made a man to be. Listen, God made a man to provide, to give, not just to receive. You can look at that in the anatomy of a man. And we need to treat our young boys and raise our family with an understanding of the reality of God's reality of the realness and the truth. And that's why we don't raise boys uh, to be receivers. We raise boys to be givers. We raise boys to be providers. We don't raise boys another way with some other kind of idea that the ungodly do. I tell you, it's so important today. Raise them to be providers. Raise them to be men. I tell you, it's so important today that we understand God's ways, understand God's word, because he's right, the world's wrong. God bless them. Pray that they 
turn their hearts and acknowledge him. But it doesn't matter. We witness, we, but we train our children. We develop them with an understanding. And you need to be there on the front lines of that, Father. You need to take your place in that. Be a teacher. Show them how to love their wife. Show them how to be an example, how they treat her, how they communicate her. And wife, learn how to reverence your husband with a, a holy way of understanding and reverencing him as the father, as your husband, acknowledging his place. You say, well, there's a lot of bad men out there. There's a lot of good men too. There's a lot of men who are understanding, maybe some listening today, who's going to learn to be a son and a father, who's going to learn the right way and fill the voids today in some areas of your life and attitude and character and the way that we live and how we, how we, how we serve and how we give, how we protect, how we provide. So don't look to this world and all of the noise that's going on and all of Hollywood and other things that try to train and teach you otherwise and the ways and the things of God. No, we go to the Word of God. We go to the house of God and we get our knowledge. We get our understanding. We get wisdom from there. For the wisdom of God is higher than men of this world. So we need to learn to honor. So you show your daughters how to respect your husband. You don't beat him down with your words. Like the proverb says where it says, don't be like raindrops, just keep dripping, dripping upon his head. Where it's better to be living on the top of a roof than in the middle of a home with a woman that's just constantly complaining about him and everything else. You need to be careful about that. We can control our tongue, the Bible says. We can control our attitudes. We need to make our home an environment of training and developing because it's not about you. Your children aren't for you to give you pleasure just to meet your need of needing somebody. No, you're there to train them to live without you one day, to face the force of everything that they're going to have to face one day. And right now, you can put that into them. You can help them and set an example and not back down, not back off, but be that man and woman of God that God's called you to be, being a father and a mother, training your children after the ways of God, being a provider father. The third thing a father is is a promoter. You know one thing about God? He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I'll tell you today, you need to promote those around you. You need to lift them up when they're walking and when that son is doing something, you promote that. You say, well done. Well done. Tell them. Yeah, listen, there's a lot of noise going on in their head right now. I guarantee you the enemy, and especially in this day and time and season we're in in this world, there's a lot of things that's saying you can't, you're not. There's a lot of confusion and other things going on. As a father and a mother, we don't get our messages and understanding and our value, our purpose, and the plans from this world. There might be trials and tribulation and things that we face, but we stand strong in adversity. We keep our focus upon the things of God. Our hope is not in this world. Our hope is in the word of God. We have a more sure word of prophecy. A prophecy is a proceeding word that has come out before you as you're following that word. And that word will not fail. You stay in line with the word of God. You stay in line with the light of the word of God. And you walk in that. You follow in that. And you speak that into your family. You speak that over your life. You speak that over your bills. You speak 
speak that over your food. You speak that over your home. You speak that inside your house. You speak that in conversation to one another. And when you're in your bedroom and you're all alone, you don't start murmuring and complaining. And when that starts trying to come in, you grab hands and you say, glory to God. Our God is going to make a way where there seems to be no way. We're going to lift up the name of God in this house. We're going to take time right now and begin to declare the word of God. Right now, we're just going to bring praises to God. We're thankful for his provision. He's going to make a way. You begin to say those things. Why? Because you are a priest, number four. You are also a priest in your home. You know, it's so important today that we follow the example of Jesus. You know, Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. Jesus set this example. And when we see Philippians 2.8, we find that the Bible says that he humbled himself. Yeah, he could say, well, I'm equal. I'm just as valuable as, as everyone else. I'm just as valuable. But what did it say there? Look at Philippians 2.8. It says that even though, it said being found in a fashion of a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to the death, even the death of the cross. You know, Luke 14, 11 says this. It says of Luke 14, 11, it says, And it came to pass, for whosoever exalts himself, Luke 14, 11 says, For whosoever exalts himself shall be abased, but he that humble himself shall be exalted. You know, as a father, we need to show that example to our family. We don't just walk around saying, well, I'm a father, I'm a this, I'm a that. No, just like what I read earlier out of Deuteronomy, we need to be careful. Don't let ourselves get puffed up. Don't let ourselves get high-minded. But we have to show by example. We show reverence. We exalt others. We, we humble ourselves. In one of those areas, as I just said a while ago, we promote. So we promote the house of God. We promote the things of God. We promote the ways of God. We promote uh, the bride we, and, and, and we, uh, the wife and the mother. And mothers, you promote the father. And right living. You don't, you don't get on the level of the children. You tell the children, you correct that. You correct that in yourself. If, you, you're, if you're getting on the side of the children and not honoring the father, if you have an issue with the way they're doing something, you privately go to, to them and say, here's what I'm thinking. And you need to understand and hear what they have to say. And y'all work through that without fussing and fighting and arguing and complaining and becoming divided. No. And then when the decision is made, you follow the decision. How to train, how to communicate. And then you bring those children into that. You lead together, but you're going you're gonna to have to uh, best learn it young. Luke 14, 11 says that God will exalt us. You know, even in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, it says that God highly exalted him and gave him a name which is above every name. Why? Because he humbled himself to do the ways of God, the things of God. Number four, you're a priest, a priest in your house. Abraham, the Bible says, was a priest over his home. Noah, the first thing that he did after the flood was built an altar. For he and his family, he built an altar. So men need to, be, need to have a prayer life. They need to be people who pray. And, you know, it's so important that men, as a priest, learn to pray. We have an altar in our home. We pray with our family. We pray over our family, not just at mealtime. We pray. We have an altar. 
we have a prayer life. You know, Luke 18.1 says this. It says, Jesus spake and said unto them that men ought to always pray and not lose heart, not faint. Men always ought to pray. Men need to learn to pray. And let me just say this. Wife, ma'am, lady, woman, you might say, well, I believe that I have a better prayer life than my husband or men. Well, you might think so, but men might not pray the same way as you pray. That doesn't mean that it's better. It just means that it's different. So don't think that you're more spiritual than the man or vice versa, that a man is more spiritual than, a, than the wife. We do need to be careful not that we don't get into sensualism, but we have spiritual understanding. Those are two different things. In Luke 18, 1, it tells us that men ought to pray everywhere, always. Men need to know how to pray with authority in prayer. Men ought to pray, learn to pray, build an altar in your home. Learn to get on your knees, if all possible, and in that place. And you pray, you're seeking the face of God, you're speaking out of your family. You know, oftentimes men aren't telling God all of their feelings. They're saying, God, I need that $500 this week. Glory to God. Uh, I have things that I got. God, I just thank you. God, I thank you, Father. You're setting my family. You've directed me. You've led me this far. I know you're going to provide. I know you're going to do. There's a lot of things that men pray, oftentimes different than others uh, within the home. The child's not necessarily saying those things. Not always the mom's always saying that. Sometimes the mom has to say that. Sometimes there's no father in that home. There's no man in that home. But let me just help you today, uh, single mother today. Listen, take that place of prayer, build an altar, show your daughter, show your sons how to pray, how to lead. Begin to, begin to just pray. Uh, don't be ashamed of the gospel. You'll have a prayer life. You'll have a private place of prayer, which you need to build that altar unto God and have that place of prayer. But when you're in the public, glory to God. Listen, we get up from that place with the strength of God and we live it just like we did in the prayer room. Uh, we're going to live for God everywhere at all times. But teach them how to pray. Let them know you got a prayer time. Let them know you got prayer life. Let them know how to pray. Teach them things. You have to train. You have to teach. You're a teacher in your home. Father, mother, men, we need to pray. Why? Because you can't carry everything. You can't carry all of the weight that you're facing today. Prayer is turning it to God because you can't carry everything. God has for you a way through everything. Let God's grace come upon you in a time of prayer. You know, Paul prayed and Jesus answered him. He prayed more than one time and didn't get an answer. Then finally, he got an answer. I want to encourage you today, if you haven't got an answer, keep knocking. If you haven't got a breakthrough in a certain area, just keep knocking. Sometimes that persistency of coming for that area right there, that breakthrough that you need, that answer you need in the spirit, that money that you need, that breakthrough in areas and the health, you just keep knocking. You just say, glory to God. Father, I know and my trust is in you. God, I thank you that you said you'll make a way. God, you've made me the head. You made me a father. You made me a leader in my home. You made me a mother over this home. God, you've made me a guide for my children. God, I ask you for wisdom and help and breakthrough and provision 
decision today. God, I thank you today. And, G- and you just pray. You begin to set it. You set it till that breakthrough comes, until you get that answer, till you understand, until something changes. And if there's things you need to do in your own life, getting your own mind right, getting your own life right before God, God will reveal those things to you in the spirit. You might have to forgive something. You might have to buy. You have to let something. Maybe you have to sow something. Maybe you have to do something in the spirit. It's so important. Maybe there's some humility that needs to take place to prove you. Maybe something there. But all I'm saying is you keep knocking. The answer's coming. God desires it. God wants to provide. He wants to bless. He wants to help you. He's there for us. It's according to the promises of God. Because we can't deal with everything that's going on. But we can cast our care upon the Lord. Because he cares for us, we can put our trust in him. And we can trust in the grace. As I said earlier, it's like a mantle. Grace is something that you have, which, you, which, which goes beyond your own ability, your own intelligence, your own ableness. But God is able through you by his grace that you have obtained as you've entered in to the throne room of God and said, God, I'm laying this at your feet. God, I don't know a way. God, I don't have an answer, but you do. Show me your answer. Show me your way. Give me your understanding. I will receive it. I will declare it. I will do it. I will live it. Glory to God. He will help you in time of trouble. You got to be careful that you're not led out of a carnal mind for selfish reasons and selfish purposes, though. Don't pray into it in such a way that says, here's the way I want to go. Make it happen because I'm, I'm lacking in my own self, so to speak. I want something done for me. Now, you got to be careful what I'm talking about there. You got to learn how to weigh that out in the spirit and understand yourself. Understand some things. Understand the ways of God. Understand the purposes of God. That's one thing about it. A man is a giver. A man gives. He's a provider. A father and a mother provide. They give. We're not living this thing for ourselves. There's a bigger plan and purpose here. You're going to have to mature up beyond that at some point. You know, a godly woman knows the value of a godly man. Father, you're going to have to show up at times. You're going to have to show up in this thing. You're going to have to show up in prayer. You're going to have to show up in contribution. You're going to have to show up as that priest in that altar in your home. You're going to have to show up in areas of protection. You're going to have to show up in these areas to promote. You know, as a priest, as a man of God, one of the fifth things, the last thing I'm going to point out today, you're an oracle of God to your house. That means this. You need to tell your kids and your wife what their future holds, what the plans of God are. Their plans are good. When they say, I can't, you need to prophesy right there and say, yes, you can. You can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. You have a support of me and this household. I'm behind you. I'm with you. I'm in front of you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to promote you. I'm going to give. I'm going to support. I'm here for you. And you begin to prophesy to them and you tell them, who they are. You don't let this world conform them into their image. 
No, no. You help them. You train them to live under God. Let the word of God transform their mind. You be that voice into their life till they can hear their voice for themselves. You be that voice of God in their life until they hear it for themselves. Until their feet are set upon that rock. Until they are established in their goings. You establish that as a parent in that home by the atmosphere and the environment and the way that you live daily in that life. Don't let the TV consume who you are and the way you ought to live and the way you ought to go watching these programs and different things and get this weird kind of fantasitical mind that's from the God of this world and how a mother ought to be in a modern family and all that nonsense. You need to get your life right in the things of God and the word of God. Renew your mind and that you might present yourself and your family before God. People of God is going to live in their life under the blessing of the covenant. You know, one of the things that in the Bible, a story, a powerful story, out of Genesis 35, verse 18, Rachel, Jacob's wife, they've been through a lot now. And Rachel is giving birth to a son. And Jacob's standing on the outside of the room, outside of the tent, so to speak. And the midwife is in there with her. And then Rachel, with all of her pain and sorrow, Genesis 35, 18, Rachel was about to die. And with her last breath, she named her baby, this son, Benoni. That name means son of my sorrow, of my pain. And when that midwife handed that child over to Jacob, he said, no, no. That's not going to be his name. No. Immediately he became an oracle of God and he began to say, this is the son of my right hand. This is, that word means the son of my strength not the son of your sorrows. Let me just help you with this today. Parent, mom, dad, do not scar your children from the things of your pain of life. Don't put your pain upon them. Don't, don't begin to talk about that bad divorce and the things that's going on in this world in the wrong way, putting that pain upon them that you're feeling, that bitterness that you might have towards things, people, and the, and the church, or whatever you think that's going on, that's your issue that you need to lay down before God, that you need to get healed from, that you need to develop on, be beyond where you are, and be that woman and man of God. Not a murmuring complainer that's going to die in the wilderness, but a person like Caleb and Joshua that says, we're well able, we can conquer, we can do all things through Christ, about a place of unity, and a place of love, and a place of strength. Don't you let your ungodly mind carnal mind begin to speak to your children in an ungodly and carnal way based upon your feelings and based upon your bitterness and your pain? Don't you put that on them and prophesy that over their life and let them carry your scars? No, you speak the truth of the word of God. Sometimes you're going to have to close your mouth and be that protector over your family and work that out on the inside of you and show them the right way. Humble yourself. And not just break off because you feel something, because you don't like something, 
because the other things aren't going the way the world tells you where they ought to go. In this day and hour, Jesus prophesied in Matthew 24. He said in Luke 21, as the day approaches, there would be all sorts of things happening on the planet that there would be division. The enemy is wanting division on the planet more than ever before. It didn't happen with COVID. It started way before then. This is just another, this kind of like the cherry on top of the ice cream. But there's sprinkles more that's probably going to be put on there too. What are you going to do? You're going to let division come into your life? Are you going to stand strong, not looking to the things of this world, having a covenant of faith according to the word of God, not a covenant of unbelief and fear and doubt and everything that's being spoken in this world? Don't you put that into your house? You speak the word of God. You train your children to follow after the things of God. For the plagues of this world will not come upon you. No, we're not going to die in this wilderness. No, we're possessing this land. We're here to be more than conquerors. We're here to occupy and to be witnesses unto God, serving God. God is the authority in our life and over our life today. Whom shall we fear? Don't you put that inside your house. You be a man and woman of God. And you be that oracle of God. And speak into your house. You speak truth. You speak wisdom. You speak light. And sometimes you just got to stand and protect. Sometimes you have to be able to put a guard over your heart and mind and your mouth today. You tell them who they are. Jacob said, this is the son of my strength, not the scars of your sorrow. He wasn't going to label him like that. He wasn't going to put that on him. And from that man, out of him came the kings of Israel. What would have been his story walking around? I'm a man of sorrow. I'm a man of pain. I'm a man of this world. No. Today, I want to encourage every father. The fathers of Pursuit Church here. I want to say to you today, First of all, you're not being conformed to the pains of this world. Don't allow that to happen. Let your mind be transformed by the Word of God. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, Go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.